I'm, I'm hearing a voice. And it says, I now call this meeting of the Amateur Detective Club to order. My name is Tristan Miller. Ooh, eesh. The saucy salute? Does that sound yeah. like correct to anyone? I mean, it, it, it sounds like it what does. had been, yeah, had been said in the past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm I'm sensing other people on this call as well. <laughs> I'm Melissa Maley, the spy. I don't hear anything. I think you're a fake. Oh, I'm Tyler Riley, Captain Acab. Captain Acab, indeed. Um, so uh, today's show is brought to you by the fact that we decided to do the fucking show again. <laughs> Hi. Oh uh, yeah. Surprise. Yeah. Uh, surprise, indeed. And I'll say this. I mean, I'm going to give a little bit of background about kind of what happened. Number one, we all got very busy. Number two, I went to another country for half a year. And at one point, they were like, Tyler and Melissa being they were like, do you want to record? And I was like, I kind of don't think I'll have the time. And I didn't. So um, I went to beautiful Aotearoa in New Zealand for six months, toured my comedy there. And now I'm back. I'm back in New York, baby. It was a whole lot of stuff yeah. that happened just all at once, and none of us kind of saw it coming, mm. I don't think. And so we didn't, like, intentionally disappear off the face of the earth. We just, uh, it just kind of happened. I mean, I, for... I tried. I went to New Zealand. That's no, you the, did. That's as you far did. as away from anyone as you could get. Yeah. But, yeah, for sure. And And Tyler is just going to leave it hanging yeah as a mystery no. i was busy yeah we were all very busy y'all can all check got... my instagram like I <laughs> yes y'all Tyler... can catch up like i that's yeah, true don't to get into all that but i exactly. was booked and busy booked and busy and blessed <laughs> question mark i'm happy to say i thought you were going black for whatever reason <laughs> and i was like always but um <laughs> yeah. there would be no question mark on that tyler you made your stance on that issue very clear um but uh today uh we're going to be talking about a haunting in venice um the latest installment in the kenneth branagh poirot canon Kenneth Branagh did a movie and brought us back from the dead. Yeah, pretty much. No, that's very good. I like that. It's very true. Thanks. I just thought of it. Like, good. just now. <laughs> Every once in a while. I get one. The spirit moves you. It comes upon you. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, if I sound a little funny, it's because I have, I'm getting over a head cold and it's still very much in my head. So, mm. so that's what that is. If I f- I'm happy it's on your knees. Oh, boy. Yeah. If, if I sound funny, it's because I'm a professional comedian. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, thought about not laughing at that. And then... Yeah. As, I'm, I'm honestly... I you, you paused perfectly long enough. I think. Yeah. No, I'm just happy to be back. Everything's funny today. Good. Good. I'm um, sure we'll challenge like this that. movie. Yeah. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. I think it was quite. It got some pretty good laughs, honestly. Yeah. There were some wacky stuff. It got some unintentional laughs. I think we'll get mm. into it as we recap. As we recount the uh, 
the the plot. Oh God, this is I forgot what a headache this thing is. Like it's so nice to talk to you and watch a movie with you and like, but thinking about what I just saw it, and we but we just watched it. We we watched it over Hulu.com. Mm-hmm. It, the cr- credits rolled nigh, but five minutes ago, and I can't tell you what happened. <laughs> My <laughs> oh. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm just like, I just, I can't. There's so much doo-doo in my mind lately that I can't focus in, so. Yeah, because what we really want to <sighs> talk to you about is birds. Um, birds, bees. A, a kind of creepy child and, uh, you know, other various stuff like that. Okay, ain't nothing kind of about it. Yeah, no. That child Ma- was creepy. That, okay. <laughs> he reminded me of, like, uh, if... <laughs> You know the kid from a Christmas story that has the yes the, Ralphie the gear? no no the kid no. that has the headgear but and mm-hmm. Ralphie got fused together oh yes. okay okay but yes so not no but yes and this also the other thing Very uh, he is called precocious uh, mm-hmm. in the movie mm-hmm. have you ever met a postcocious child <laughs> yes I have what was that like please can I tell you. <laughs> Didn't get a lot out of them. <laughs> Very quiet. <laughs> Didn't communicate well with adults at all. You know. Did any of you get called precocious? I'm I'm a precocious adult. What are you talking about? Yeah, of course. Actually, no. I was quite shy growing up. Not to my knowledge. Oh yeah. It's, Constantly. Yeah, it's because you're an only child, Melissa. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> You're in a, when you socialize mostly with just adults, you become the precocity knows no bound. They're like, oh, this there. this children, this children, this child is mm-hmm. good at talking to adults and is kind of smart. Precocious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So this movie. Right. Yes, we're going to. We are in 1947. Oh. OK, great. And Poirot the... is retired. He's retired oh. before the movie starts. The 20th Century Fox logo comes up. Oh, okay. And I had a question that? for you. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I have it written down in my notes. I said, what studio logo is your favorite? Okay, great. Tyler. Melissa. Uh, <laughs> Either one of 20th you. Century Fox. Because you... you don't think about the logos, really. Oh, no, lies. I like. Um, is it is it TriStar that has the horse? Yes, it's like the Pegasus uh-huh. look. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. Okay, that's a good one, Melissa. Um, you know I like Disney. Oh, I with the castle. The castle, iconic. It is. It is. It's iconic. Uh, the MGM when it used to be with the lion was very mm-hmm. good too. Yeah. Yeah. The and it came out that. and roared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love Think Universal. The I love that. It's a banger. It goes off. I love sure, it. I yeah. get excited. Yeah, I have yeah. a soft spot for 20th Century Fox just because I watched Star Wars so much growing up. But um, other good contenders are. You know, I think those are the main two. Um you get some pretty odd ones now, eh? Because all of the all of the studios are so small. 
Yeah. You know, so you get like a truly some random ones. Like <laughs> my favorite. Sorry, I, I will. We'll talk about Poro in a minute. I swear. My <laughs> my favorite thing is that when The Hobbit came out, those films. Yeah. Um, since the rights were caught up between like three or four studios, that the New Line Cinema came up, Warner Brothers came up, MGM came up. I think also TriStar came up. Then Wingnut Productions was just Sir Peter Jackson's thing. Oh. And so it was like, that was longer than the whole movie, it felt to me. <laughs> that is funny when it's just one after the other. Yeah. yeah, I've seen a lot of that recently too. Yeah. How it's crazy is seeing um, Apple coming up uh, in front of uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh. Yeah. Because they produced that one, but it was distributed by anyway. So yeah. we're in 1947 Venice, and Poirot is retired gardening. He looks so good gardening. With he's got his overalls, coveralls. Yes. Are we? Are yeah. We, cover. Cover. You say cover. cover. I would he, say cover. What's the difference? Co- overalls. Did he have straps? Yeah, that, I don't. I thought it was that. more okay. That's what I'm asking you. Yeah, I I don't feel like I saw the straps. That's why I was saying coveralls. Okay. If oh, there cool. were straps, then that would be overalls. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. So the coveralls have sleeves? Yeah. Yes, because they cover all of you. Oh, hey, look at that. Yeah, like um, Michael Myers. That's... Yeah. Yes, in Halloween. Yes. Speaking of Halloween. Oh, my God. It's Halloween. <laughs> it is in Venice. And on Halloween morn, uh, we are greeted by Poirot's old frenemy, I guess, uh, (laughs) Ariadne Oliver. Yes. Who, um, well, before we even get into that, like we have Mm -hmm. like this over credits, uh, WWE esque (laughs) (laughs) opening credits where like people are getting clotheslined and like thrown off Mm -hmm. the bridges. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay. Because Poirot um, is retired, he's hired a bodyguard to make sure that no one bothers him because he is retired. Gosh darn it. And, and he's just, never going to go back. People just come up to him on the street saying, oh no, my brother's missing. Ugh. Now, I mean, that happens to me too, but I just keep it pressing. <laughs> <laughs> and that is what uh, Poirot finally is doing too. Taking a page out of Tyler Riley's handbook. <laughs> Let that be a quote. Like, I need to <laughs> I have a question. Okay. Which is, how do you two feel about the mustache being back? I mean, it it needs to be there, I feel. Okay. Because, like, in Death in the Nile, the kind of his whole character arc is, like, I don't need to have a mustache to cover up the wounds of uh, my past. And so he shaves at the end. Remember? Uh, yeah, yeah. I feel like he just... Oh, uh... no, I did not remember because <laughs> I try not to remember that movie, to be quite honest. Yeah. You know what? More power to you. Uh... I didn't remember that either, but now that you mention it, uh, yes. So... I think that Kenneth Branagh, if he remembered that, um, which is possible if he didn't, because also that movie, we that movie was supposed to come out in like 2019, but actually ended up coming out in 2021 or 22. Yes, that is correct. So yeah, uh, 
who who remembers that? Maybe not Kenneth Branagh. Can I tell um, you? Me. Every beat of that movie you. is seared into my brain due to my absolute loathing of it. Got it. Okay. I see. I'm so sorry. I know. It's truly <laughs> a curse. Um, but yes, I you know what? I don't care. <laughs> can, the mustache can be back. Okay. He, he had a day. Poirot had a day without the mustache and was like, ooh, this is that's right. Because because if you recall, he literally, admittedly, that was the last thing we recorded together, and that was like two years ago. Yeah. And if you recall, like he got the reason he grew out the mustache is because he has a literal like scar on his lip from shrapnel in World War One. Yes. And so like it was meant to symbolize, oh, because that that was so, so confusing about the end. I was like, oh, well, then he's not making another Poirot because he's, you know, Poirot solved his idiosyncrasies. But no, he's back at it again. Mustaches and anxious as ever. Yep. Um, yeah, thank you for thank you for remembering that because we did not. Well, you're you're welcome, and hopefully now that I've said it to you too, I can forget it. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, I hope you're free. Po- yes, uh, Poirot's bodyguard is an ex police officer named Vitali, um, and he is the one that alerts Poirot to uh, Ms. Oliver's um, visitation. Yeah. So she invites Poirot to attend this Halloween party for children and a seance already (laughs) at the palazzo of a famed opera singer named Rowena Drake. Yes. Apparently, uh, Oliver had attended a previous seance at this house. She had attended a previous seance by this person and she knew that Ah, this this medium was going to be at this place. So she's like, ah, Poirot, let me me prove to you that God is real. (laughs) Joyce Joyce Reynolds is an army nurse uh, who has become a medium, says that uh, she's, you know, communing with the spirits. They're speaking to her. She was in prison? Uh, but now she's been released. Was she in prison? Did I make that up? Anyway. I think um, you made that up. I didn't up. remember that, but I wouldn't have been surprised. Yeah. I don't know. Something about the introduction of her character. I was like, oh, she's getting out of prison. She just got out of prison. <laughs> I, I think I think maybe that was just in my brain. Uh, okay. <laughs> cool. But speaking of her entrance real quick, and yeah. she's played by Michelle Yeoh. Mm-hmm. Uh, that entrance, that opening word. shot of her, 10 out of 10, no notes. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. What was it? I think my, I think the the cloak and the mask and like the, yeah. Oh yeah. The playback was jumbled on, on my end for that stupid Hulu. Yeah. But it was a big long cloak and a very dramatic mask. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It it, it was. And then mask off revealing Academy Award winner, Michelle Yeoh. So. Yes. No, uh, no notes there. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah. So basically. She says, Poirot, you gotta come along. You gotta expose this person. I cannot figure it out. Maybe you can figure it out for me. Mm. And um, he says, I guess so, fine. And yeah, I have in my notes, Joyce Reynolds just released from prison. What? That's so interesting. <laughs> I, I mean, really don't, I don't think that You happened. might not be wrong. I just you might not be wrong, that. yeah. <laughs> 
I, I can't recall. It's also entirely possible that I did make it up. Um, yeah. She also, Ariadne Oliver says a wild thing. She, oh, yeah. He offers, uh, Poirot has ordered like tons of pastries. He's the only, the only oh, person yeah. that gets through is the pastry delivery person, which twice respect. a day. Yeah. Twice a day. And he offers her some pastries and he has this cute little setup on the roof with like um, a little pergola up there and mm-hmm. um, some tables and chairs and offers her some. And she says, oh, no, I couldn't possibly. I, you know, I only eat apples before dinner. An icon. Nonsense. Yeah. Oh, that's... okay. <laughs> <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> As someone who is like chowed down on like three apples in one day, just because that's what I had on hand. Yeah. It rules. I'm not disputing like apples are great, like, but I'm also going to eat other things, including mm-hmm. apples in a pastry. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Can I tell you, as someone who has celiac disease, the amount of pastries I can no longer have is infuriating. I think about donuts at least three times a day, and I simply can't have one. Oh, Tristan, I'm going to figure out how to make you some gluten-free stuff. Thank you. I mean, and we just ex- uh, experienced American Thanksgiving. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, we experienced it. Some of us celebrated it. Most of us just experienced it. If we're <laughs> being real. It was a weird year. Um, but thinking about apple pie, ugh, I love apple pie so much. Okay. Oh, I feel like that's definitely something you can find like a gluten-free crust oh, yeah. on. We'll figure it out. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I tried to make gluten-free shoe pastry and I and that was the first gluten-free thing I tried to make. What is shoe pastry? That sounds like a nightmare. Shoe pastry is what is uh eclairs, cream puffs, all those oh. kinds of things. Oh, that sounds like it'd be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was. It was not good. Actually, you know what? I'm going to amend that. It was edible. It didn't taste terrible. It did not puff right. It wasn't the right texture. Uh, But I tried. Uh, I'm actually pretty good at making regular shoe. So I was like, how hard can this be? Mm. (laughs) Turns out very. And there's so many different kinds of gluten free. But I feel like a pie crust is going to be an easier thing to make. Yeah, uh, for sure, because generally the issue with most gluten-free, like, flour stuff is that it crumbles too much, and if it's, like, a crumble or a pie, then there you go. Right, you know? exactly. Yeah, you don't use shoe for a cobbler. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that is interesting. <laughs> Wild. Aren't you glad um, we're doing this again, Tristan? <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you? It's one of those things that I... <laughs> completely forgot this is what you're like and <laughs> it's so pleasant because i'm like what a fun little joke i just wasn't expecting it and that's why i was so shocked you saw me my soul leave my body not from pain but from sheer shock <laughs> i was like all right yeah yeah it actually turns out tyler is <laughs> one of the funniest people we know oh that's good wow. uh that's very that's fun true. Okay, um, so but we are we have gotten this invitation to the palazzo, and it is apparently known amongst the people in this area that it is haunted, and not only haunted, but haunted by the scariest thing that a place could be haunted with, <laughs> and that is children. <laughs> um, 
This palazzo was formerly an orphanage, uh, and apparently these children were locked up and left to die when the plague happened. Yes. And so, I mean... What the actual... Um, yeah, I mean, hard. not not what I would do, <laughs> personally. And but you I, hate Like, it. as someone who, yeah, I don't, I don't enjoy them. But I, I do understand the spirits in this instance, because, <laughs> I mean, that was a pretty act up thing to have happened to you. Yeah, yeah truly, truly, how dare they? It, yeah. Uh, and they put on this horror show of a puppet, shadow puppet thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah oh i made a note about that oh yeah who planned this whack-ass party for children <laughs> <laughs> there's even a moment was anyone ever like... a child at any point like <laughs> it made no sense to me no <laughs> like i get it was halloween but like come on <laughs> yeah even Poirot turns to Ariane and he goes, will, will the story not frighten the children? And they're like, and she gives some weak-ass response of scary stories make life less scary, which, like, yeah. I understand where she's, but he's boo, is what I say to that. But yeah, and then also they do the shadow play, and then they're like, okay, let's eat, and then they're just running around this haunted house. Yeah, it's wild. Yes, she was in prison, Melissa. Oh my god. Joyce Reynolds was in prison. I okay. wrote a note because she was jailed under the Witchcraft Act of 1735. Oh, there there you go. Is. Okay, thank you. Yes, that's right. Um, okay. I really thought I made that up. I am so glad you didn't, and I'm gonna try and do a better job at going. Yes, I just accept it as fact from you, Melissa. I'm sorry oh. I was so skeptical. No, it's okay. It's very possible that I could have made it up. Uh, yes, this terrifying puppet show. Just absolutely terrifying. Also, at some point during this party, um, there's some older kids m- making out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Ariadne Oliver is like sitting next to them on the little like couch thingy, mm-hmm. and she hits them. It was like none alert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's far cooler than I am. I. <laughs> I, I would feel... let those kids get hit. <laughs> I feel like this is almost a response to everyone seeing Death on the Nile and going, way too horny. Ken, you gotta back it up. And he goes, oh, what's the opposite of horny? Kids, kids. Kids are the opposite of horny, thank God. Yeah. Yeah, that that is true. Um, But... Yeah, speaking of death and children, um, Rowena, the lady of the house, uh, hired Joyce Reynolds, the medium, to commune with her daughter, Alicia, who had died, uh, I forget how many years prior, but had died um, by suicide, as was reported. Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry, did somebody give me a number? Two or three? Visually? Okay. I I thought one, so, you know, here's the thing. Not that long. It's been less than five years since Lisa's death. I think we can all agree upon that. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds right. Perfect. Uh, And like the reason they thought that she killed herself was because of a broken engagement, right? Yes. Yes. She had this chef boyfriend. Chef boy our friend. Yes. (laughs) They were gonna get married. 
<laughs> he broke it off, married some other girl, and she for like months after he was um he had left her, she was just absolutely inconsolable, seemed to be losing her grip on reality. Um and then it just deteriorated until she finally um tumbled out of the balcony. <laughs> Yeah, she yeeted herself off the balcony into the water. Yes. (laughs) But she also has this, like, very terrifying scratch claw mark on her back, Mm -hmm. which is said to be the mark of the children's vengeance or whatever. Yes. Vendetta. The vendetta. Thank you. Uh, Yes. So that's upsetting. Yes. The children's vendetta is against doctors and nurses who left them the spirits or have a vendetta against the doc- doctors and nurses that left them to rot at, at, at die and starve of the plague. And that's the, the lore yeah. surrounding this haunted house. Um, so this is kind of a backdoor prequel for V for Vendetta. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I also, there, I, the masks, the cloaks, everyone's saying Vendetta. I was like, hmm. Some, I, there's something I <laughs> gotta remember. I can't remember what it is, though. Um. I have a question for you, too. Do you believe in psychics? Oh, in psychics? Yeah. I believe that they exist. (laughs) That there are people who say they're psychics? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Cheeky. (laughs) I think no. No? I think no. Mm. Uh, I mean, I kind of, like, vacillate on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where like I do believe, I do believe in I do spirits, not I necessarily do. like ghosts, but like I do believe like there is like certain unexplainable energy, if that yeah. makes sense at times, like whether it's you know spectral beings or not, but like I do believe like in like. Like I feel like a wackadoo. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Because I'm going to come out here full force. Yeah, no, that's real. <laughs> I think you can you can definitely key into something that other people can't. I think the speaking for the dead is something that's like um, I think that's a bit full on. But there's yeah. people who are like absolutely touched in some way mm-hmm. where you're like, mm-hmm, that makes sense. That you're like extra sensory. Um, in some capacity, um, yes, like empaths, almost, like, yep, yeah, no, I and yes, okay, Uh, let me backpedal a little bit here because I believe in that too. I think that most of the people who are like, I can speak to your dead relative, are absolutely, um, committing fraud. So, so yeah, there's that. I also believe in ghosts, um, and or spirits of some kind. So there's that. The more I listen to certain podcasts and whatnot talking about people's firsthand experiences, I the more I actually believe in it. For sure. Especially especially when it's kids. Because kids don't know enough to make stuff up. Like when it's too on the nose. Mm. It, it's, yeah, I also yeah. agree that kids are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> there's this um there's a psychic um in our neighborhood melissa of astoria queens okay over by um on dit mars over by uh the thrift store there okay and 
she sits in front of this closed shop and she's smoking a cigarette all the time. And I'm like, at first I was like, come on. And then I was like, well, if anyone knows and has weighed the risk, it's got to be her. She yeah. knows. Yeah. She's good. That's right. Um, but yeah, I believe in ghosts as well. But it does. I mean, I used to do this bit on stage. It's like the concept of ghosts do scare me. Not because of like them coming at me or causing me any harm, but the fact that I still have to do shit after I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, man. Only if you have unfinished business. You know the rules. And I have <laughs> I have ADHD. There's going to be a million things. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never going to finish that novel. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. It's true. Um, so but to follow up before we mm-hmm. uh, move on to the next bit of plot business, has anyone ever gone to or been interested in like seances? I've never gone. I'm not interested because I do think it's real and I don't want to get the shit scared out of me. <laughs> I have not been to a seance. Um, I think I could be convinced under the right circumstances, but I'm going to say no at the moment because, again, that sounds it sounds a little frightening. Sounds scary. <laughs> what about you, Tyler? Yeah. Same, like back to like previous episodes where we talked about ghosts and I was like, I believe in them enough to leave. Yeah. 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 If you, if you try to actually like, I would welcome a seance at a party. Like if I didn't know before and someone was like, let's do this thing while at a party, I would love it because that's my excuse to leave. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, here's an old joke that I wrote. Uh, If you try and contact a dead pop singer, is that a seance? Yeah. <laughs> yep. There we go. Still got it. <laughs> I said it was an old joke. Yeah, I'm glad you brought uh, it back. A renaissance. If oh you will. boy. <laughs> good. Good. Um. So they're at this party. This baddie that can talk to ghosts shows up, and then basically they have a seance once all the kids leave. At least um, that. Except for the one that. kid. Except for the one kid. Oh, right. There's we should introduce the cast of characters, eh? There's oh, sure. the, oh, the, oh, right. There's the lady of the house, her maid. Uh-huh. There's Olga, um, right? Yes. Uh-huh. A doctor who's a family friend, played by star of fifty shades of gray, uh Jamie something or other. Jamie Doran. Jamie Doran, and oh, is that who that is? That is, oh. yeah. Then there is um, his son, who looks like uh, the kid from the Christmas story, Ralphie. It's cursed energy off this child. Um, then there are other characters that we meet along the way that we'll, we should get oh, to. We, we... Uh, we also, because Joyce arrives with her assistant as well. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, Desdemona. Who is from yes. Hungary. Yes. Very fine job acting all these people, I think. Yeah, I think they do a good job. Um, But they begin the seance. Speaking of seance, um, have you Mm -hmm. seen Dan Aykroyd's introduction to of Beyonce and SNL? He goes, Beyonce, like that. It's so funny. It's so good. (laughs) Anyway, so that's great. Yeah, they're at the seance. It starts happening. She has a typewriter that she, you know, isn't touching, but the spirits speak through her and make her type out 
stuff. Um, the classic, you know, if a thousand ghosts type through this gal, she'll eventually write Hamlet. Yes, Melissa. Okay, so I need to talk about the, these pieces of paper and this typewriter. Okay. It's, are you present? The ghost types, why? Prints out the entire sheet. It yeah. is a colossal waste of paper. One yes. letter per sheet. And this is not in a time where we have like reams of paper, is it? Well, My to goodness. be fair, we don't know if we're doing front and back one letter. Mm. <laughs> not that it makes it better, I know. <laughs> maybe, maybe they collect it and make papier-mâché masks, and that's where they make the ma- her mask out of. Okay, all right, I accept that. But yes, you're absolutely Please. correct. I think that's a very funny thing to latch on to. It's like, I think this woman's bad, not because she's a fraud, but because she wastes paper. So much paper. You know that's not recycled paper. I, it's also one of those things, I think it's probably during a time, though, where they, we, that's not a consideration at all. They're like, oh, there's always forests. It's 1947. Where does paper even come from? I know. I know. Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> it just falls. But based on all of these very wasteful sheets of paper, uh, they it seems like they're talking to this uh, ghost girl. Uh, what's her name? Alicia. Alicia, because they type. She types an A, so obviously that's got to be her. Yeah. Um, and print. And then also like um, the doors to the balcony in this room blow open at a point, like as <laughs> you know, as Joyce is channeling the spirits. Um, and then something like something else happens. Like I don't. Yes. Something with like a light. Um, a light bursts, but also the the whoosh happens after Poirot has gone, aha, and he yanks someone from the chimney, and it's um, one of Joyce's other assistants, and then Joyce goes sicko mode and starts, like, really channeling it and doing kind of some, you know, frankly, a bit overacting, if you ask me. It's a bit much. To... <laughs> well, I'm glad I didn't ask, because I disagree. Yeah, don't, <laughs> no, I'm don't being ironic <laughs> here. Oh, my God. <laughs> We do not talk about Michelle Yeoh like that. <laughs> uh, but. No, I'm assuming you're meaning the character. Yes, she's really tuning the scenery. Yes. She's like selling it a little too hard, uh, in my opinion. Because like, that's the other thing is if I was going through a seance and someone did that kind of shit, I'd be like, okay. Right. <laughs> Took viewpoints. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> Fine. But she goes whole hog wild, and then the ghost of Alicia speaks through Miss Reynolds. And they did a very clever thing here where they have both Michelle Yeoh and the actress that plays Alicia do a voiceover for this part, and they alternate between the two actors speaking, which is quite cool. Mm-hmm. It is cool. It's pretty creepy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, um, and as this is happening, uh, Joyce is asking Alicia if she was murdered. And then we get another type of the paper, I believe, and uh, with the Y. And then um, she asks who. And before um, before Alicia can reveal who the murderer was, something happens. I think that's when the window blows open. Is that okay? And then everything kind of just stops. Kind of comes to a swell. 
Um, so I think this is a good opportunity to talk about the camera work in this film. What oh. did you guys think about it? Very hit and miss. Yes. There were some really beautiful moments and there were very WTF, WTF moments. Like I agree. Uh, when we first get a shot of Alicia like in the water, like it's super quick, super jarring. And like it's back to the screen like nothing has ever happened. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this is, I thought it was very jarring and weird. Yeah, we get more of Kenneth Branagh like up angles where we're taking like a diagonal sideways mm. view of yeah. of the scene. It almost feels like because he was so hampered by green screen in the last one, he's like, I'm moving a physical camera in this space. <laughs> he he goes crazy with the camera though every time. That's a consistent critique out of yeah. all three of these Poirot films, is I don't much yeah. care for how they're shot. There's a lot of um, what used to be called Dutch angles. I don't know, tilted angle. Um, okay. And then also the the lenses, they're always on these really wide lenses. So it kind of looks like a skateboard video. <laughs> you know, it's yes. these fisheye-like yes. things. And there's this, like, what's so confounding about it is that there you have these beautiful shots, the gorgeous shots, fantastic blocking he's a theater director he, you know there's a wonderful shot later on in the film where they're panning from character to character it's a pov and each person's addressing the character and that's beautiful and then you have these weird singles all the time with a wide angle lens so close it feels so uncomfortable it's probably the, what he was going for i just don't agree with it and there's all this this empty space and i understand why you would put a lot of um what is it called? Negative space. Because in a horror film, you often frame the subject with a lot of negative space to like be like, ooh, something's behind you. I get it. But it just does not fit. But this is all to say during the accusation where she's like pointing at different people, they do a POV almost and have the camera spinning around this, you know, little table and pointing at everybody and everybody. And it's just like a bit full on. I get it. But it's like very flashy in a way that Sometimes I just didn't appreciate. But then there are these beautiful wide shots of this gorgeous house in Italy. Um, And I really appreciated those. It looks like something out of like Barry Lyndon or something. These, you know, gorgeous vistas. It's just so confounding because sometimes it's so beautiful. And it also is frustrating again because he's a theater director he should know how to do blocking in a shot where you can have like a double or even three people in a frame you know what i mean but like how often does he direct theater and was the last thing he directed on the stage true i don't know i i I think i think it's been a minute okay fair enough i don't know i just Um, but I, i mean i hear what you're saying about um the circular camera work, but I will say that that was probably the scene that held my attention the longest mm. in this movie. Mm. And maybe it was because so many things were happening that I was forced to kind of sure. pay attention. <clears throat> but yeah, I think I guess I also just have a pet peeve in general where I'm like singles are really unnecessary. You can generally get it in a two shot. Wow. Um, rude. But yeah, oh, I know. talking about camera shots. Yeah, I'm talking about cameras. Yeah. But. <laughs> All right, interesting. Yeah, I generally am like, why do why do a, a one you know only have one person in frame when you can have two? I don't I don't know, but um, but yeah, um, 
again, it's conf- I will say they do a lot of really fun cutting to establishing shots of the haunted house. And there's a lot of cutting to like things while other people are talking, like a lot of inserts. And that I really enjoyed um, from uh, cinematography yeah. and editorial standpoint. Yes. Yeah. I also wanted to bring up something else uh, that happens just before the sands, and I'll make it quick. Uh, they find this stuffed, like almost like a sock monkey looking thing sure, uh, yeah. called Baba. The bunny. And there's a point where Poirot, yeah. Oh, it's a bunny? Okay. Yeah. Um, he's holding it up in the air and like squeezes it. And the squeak sounded very much like a child's cry. Yeah. And I don't know if that Terrifying. was like purposeful or if anybody else disagreed with my assessment of the sound. No, it, it absolutely sounds like that. And it's meant to be creepy, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, which leads me to say this. I really loved how horrific this film is. How do you guys feel? How I just think it's a horrific film, but we'll get to this. <laughs> oh, okay. Damn. <laughs> right. But okay. What do you let me let me say this another way, Tyler? How do you how do you feel about the horror influence on the film we have just seen? Yeah. Excuse me. I I thought it was really fun. Like I think that like the ghost, the creepy creepiness factor, because I wouldn't call it horror. I would call it Go ahead. I would call it more creepy. Okay. There's a couple yeah. of jump scares. When? Well, we'll yeah. get there, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> there's like two or three jump scares in this movie. It was released on Halloween. It's fine. I, I really enjoyed it. I didn't jump and I wasn't scared. Yeah. Well, I, I, I enjoyed it, but I also, that wasn't the vibe for me. Okay. Um. I Well, I enjoyed it very much. I enjoyed the setting and the tone of it being a, a little... Different. I do enjoy the fact that he does swing and the tones of all these three films that he's made are different due to <laughs> setting and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. And it can really give you some clear preferences, <laughs> yes. as is the case with me. <laughs> That's true. Um, so the seance happens. Then they're wrapping that up. And then Michelle Yeoh talks to Kenneth Branagh. And it's kind of like, you and I are not so different, Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, where she's like, you see things and the dead follow you. And I am the same way. And he goes, you're full of crap. And she goes, well, fine. And then she puts, for some reason, he lets this happen. She yeah. put, drapes her cloak over him and puts on the mask that she arrived in. And she's basically like, like, lighten up have a good time go crazy it's a party come on and then she like kind of walks away she's kind of flirtatious and then she like does a little wave and then she walks out of frame and out of the picture um so then he walks into a room where there's like a million apples and bobbing for apples is set up mm -hmm. and he's like all right. Because you know how you play at a children's party. You put one single pail of apples yes. <laughs> in a closet. And that's what the children do. Okay. I gotta say, a couple of, I, have you all ever played Bobbing for Apples? Before? I have. Yeah. Okay, I have. In your experience, have you ever, as Kenneth Branagh has, 
used your tongue <laughs> to try and grab an apple. Yes. Really? No. Yes, I have oh. to get to the stem to pull it out easier. That's fascinating technique. Melissa, I assume you, like me, just bite into it. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, my mouth just... is not big enough for that. Well, <laughs> well, at the, well, at the age that I was bobbing for apples. <laughs> 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 oh that's so but in, we get this shot that's like because it's a it's a bowl though the bowl is uh transparent so mm. we get this shot of looking up at kenneth Branagh, his head underwater bobbing for apples and basically him like an okapi or a giraffe trying to just go <laughs> try to lick up an apple to get to the stem and i'm like who is this for <laughs> gotta be somebody (laughs) and then he gets conked on the back of the head and someone tries to waterboard him to death which is to say drown him yes yeah like a cloak and whatnot yeah it's very exciting do not succeed like they give up rather quickly in my opinion i don't want i don't wish death on poirot but i'm like if you're gonna commit commit yeah, yeah, it was weird. I'm like, why'd they stop? Who yeah. is like, that for? It was very confusing. Maybe yeah. it's part of the same thing. Maybe someone's very specific specific fetish is licking apples and almost drowning. And that's the only way they can finish. Maybe that's who is maybe that's why. Maybe that's but, why. Maybe that's the whole If that's whole you, movie. you can contact me via my DMs on Instagram. <laughs> I thought you could say via my Venmo account. <laughs> <laughs> that's Even the, better. interesting. <laughs> but like not even 30 seconds later, mm. we hear like this scream. Uh, And then we find that Joyce has been impaled, like, on this statue in the courtyard. Very brutal. um, And, I mean, we're, there are, spoiler, sorry for getting ahead of things a bit, but there are multiple tosses of bodies shown in this film. And I need a Mythbusters episode for these throws because <laughs> they are not landing accurately. Like this, it makes no physical sense. Oh no, not me. at all. No, 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 no. They were even like, when they show it ha- happening. I'm like, how did y'all manipulate? Because it does not make sense. This no. looks so fake. It's it's how is this going to look the best? Because it's a yes, Kev Branagh movie. Um, wait, and- wait, wait, Melissa, you're you're suggesting that maybe Sir Kenneth Branagh is choosing style over substance in some way like gildroy lockhart hmm, yeah. interesting i've never heard that about that man i've, I've always heard that he's very grounded and reasonable mm. very and not self-indulgent at all mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i don't know oh. I, said what I, I know said. another thing that happens is that his bodyguard poirot's bodyguard saves him by pulling him out of the the oh and then he's like, who could have done this? And he goes, oh, no, I'm wearing Mrs. Reynolds' costume. Oh, yeah. And then they hear the scream. Because he's yeah. putting also, it together. Why did he need to be pulled out? Because he's knocked unconscious. Oh, right. Yeah, he got hit in the back yeah. of the head, drowned for a little bit, not enough oxygen, he passes out, and then he gets pulled out. Yeah. 
Yeah, thank you. That does make sense. Yeah, so much for me, like, not remembering anything about this movie, apparently. Apparently you did remember stuff. <laughs> Steered into my brain. So then, because of course there is, there is a very dramatic storm, and it cuts off the palazzo from everything else, and they can't travel, and then also Poirot is like, hey, no one's going anywhere until we catch the killer. Mm-hmm. And all of... You know what this means. He's back. And we're about to get into the investigation part of the film. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So we have lots and lots of interviews. Starting with, like, albeit like it's 10 seconds, uh, Oliver is the first one to be kind of questioned. And it's like three questions pretty much to like let the viewers essentially know that she's not actually a suspect. And like now it's time for her to be like the assistant on the case, yeah. more or yeah, less. Yeah. Um, and so as soon as she gets that position, she finds Baba that has gone missing and she finds him behind like a stack of paintings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, no one can explain it. Yeah. And this uh, is Alicia's. That, oh, yeah. This is Alicia's, uh, bunny rabbit thing. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. It was in her room. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> oh right because they do go to alicia's room and that's where they find that and then also there's a bunch of there's a um uh cockatiel as yeah. well yeah harry harry the cockatiel talk. now he doesn't anymore not since she yeah. died right um and then a teacup halfway off a table yes also uh just before we leave harry for a minute um has not spoken since Alicia's death, but when he hears Alicia's quote unquote voice uh, through the medium Joyce, mm-hmm. he does say her name again for the first time. Yes, that is true. Kind of adding, upping the ante in terms of like selling that this seance is real. Mm-hmm. How do you two feel about birds? Fine. Well, I mean, if they were real. Um, stay stay on the up and up folks oh that's so good um you feel fine about them melissa yeah okay i love birds i think they're fantastic they're crazy you ever think about how weird a bird is oh yes and you're like that doesn't make any fucking sense yeah what does that Oh. Yeah, I know. Name Crazy. something that makes sense. <laughs> mm. We're going to be sure. here a long time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know. Like, penguins are really cool. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, duck- what are those? Which ones? They're, uh, They're the murder birds uh, mm-hmm. that you can find. Uh, we're interested in <laughs> No, they're not. No, they're in- Australia, not New yes. Zealand. Right? They're yeah. in Australia. Um, there are no natural predators in New Zealand. Did you know that? There's like oh. maybe two. There's like I think a falcon that's naturally occurring, but maybe that's yeah, you legit. left. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> zing. Ooh. Um, but yeah, cassowaries are like a very large bird that's like crested and will oh, okay. attack you. Or they're very territorial. They're also endangered. So if you kill one, you still go to prison, even if they were attacking you. Yeah. It's not wow. good. Yeah. And they um, like when they set out to kill you, like nothing on earth will keep them from it. Yeah. It's <laughs> they're horrifying. Um, and they have like murderous like dinosaur claws as well. Yeah. 
You should oh look them God. up. Yeah, that's what I'm doing They're right now. They're fun and terrifying. They're fun and terrifying. <laughs> um, for me, my I I being out there. There's a a beautiful native bird called a tui, um, T U I, and it sounds it's a a crazy sounding bird. A lot of people think it sounds like R two D two. I think it sounds like another Star Wars character, which is the Geonosians from Star Wars Episode Two, Attack the Clones. Oh. Um. And that was, I would wake up constantly to the sound of a tui when I was in Auckland. And that was so lovely. Um, I love birds. There's a lot of birds in New Zealand. Um, There are a lot of weird birds. Um, Obviously the Kiwis, I saw a couple of those. Um, But I love birds because they are so weird. And there's so, such a clear link of like, oh no, this is a, this this is like, when you look at a cassowary, you're like, yeah, that's a dinosaur. Yeah, no, you're right. (laughs) Birds are cool as shit. What was I thinking? Well, I'm glad you convinced you. Yeah, yeah. It, I used no, to hate them. True. My sister, my youngest sister is terrified of them. Yeah, I know that there are people that are very, very scared of birds. <laughs> I'm only the normal amount of scared of birds. We went to an aviary, my partner and I, in New Zealand when she visited, and she discovered that she doesn't like being around loose birds. <laughs> loose birds? Yes. Fair. And I'm like, okay, that is fair enough, because there was a couple Lock of them kids. up. Lock them <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, there were a couple of loose Kia and they like flew overhead and she was like startled in a way that she wasn't expecting either, which is interesting. Um, hmm. but yeah, uh, I, I got bit by a, a like a little cockatiel or something. Cause I was in an aviary growing up. There was this place in South Dakota that had a little aviary and I got bit, um, on the ear by like a parakeet or something. And I hated birds for a long time. Oh, okay. But can I tell you what birds I hate? Yes. Seagulls. Oh, sure. Oh. Okay. You look you look confused, Tyler. I understand. No, I'm not the... confused. Like, I get why people wouldn't. I'm just full sad. Well, no, they, they just, they're var- varmints. They're varmints. They need to go. Um, I like them. They're scrappy for that reason. That's true. They are so scary. Because no, there's one little French fry. No, no, nah, dog. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna fight you on this. I'm sorry. Uh, I was in Nelson, and I was at a cafe, and there was a flock of seagulls. Not the band. There was a flock <laughs> of seagulls. Yeah, probably about twenty of these little guys, and they would just wait for someone to li- like. They would know once someone got to pulling out their chair to sit up, they would just descend. And it was horrifying to watch. And I was like, maybe Alfred Hitchcock had some points. Yeah. I mean, in, in those circumstances, mm-hmm. the Alfred Hitchcock circumstances, yes. they would be pretty scary. No, yes. y'all can flock off. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So where were we in the plot? Uh, we are now, we're in the investigation uh, and our first proper interview oh, yeah. uh, is Rowena, the lady of the house, the mother of the deceased. This is another place where the connection was bad and I missed all of this. So you guys go ahead and say what she said. I mean, essentially, it's kind of more or less what we had deduced previously. Um she was not happy with uh, Mac, Max, Max, Maxine, Maxine um, yeah. the previously engaged uh, guy to her daughter. Uh, 
That was a very weird way to put it. (laughs) Ex-fiance. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. I mean, sure. If you want to put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Fiance Knowles. Is that anything? (laughs) Yes. Uh, That was a bit on 30 Rock. Uh, Oh. Tina Fey, who was also in this movie. She is. Um, But Rowena was not happy. uh, Did not trust uh, Maxim. um, And she recounted... uh, about how the months leading up to her death, she was plagued by these spirits or like the spirits mm-hmm. of the children were trying to communicate with her is what uh, Alicia was imparting to her mother. They wouldn't, they wouldn't let her be and they wanted her to be with them, uh, yeah. which of course freaked her out. But yeah, yes, she did not try to move her daughter about that house, but we did not discuss that at all in this film. No, we sure did not. Um, and she yeah, also I mean, like, yeah. she stopped singing. She mm. only could sing when her daughter was alive, and so she's she hasn't sung since. Yeah, um, she basically lived for her daughter, and uh, you know, sang because of her. So, yeah, she's just completely uh, stopped, and her fortune has dried up. I believe we also learned from this, or yeah. we, at some point along the way, we do. So she doesn't have much of a fortune, but, you know, whatever money or wealth she had, she lost. So very sad. Sad mom. Yeah. And Maxim is also essentially a gold digger. He got married like six months after breaking up the engagement and like married this rich New Yorker and like loved rubbing that in Rowena's face a little bit. Not that Rowena was very pleasant herself to his credit. He has a line of like, well, I'm a rich New Yorker and that's the only one worth being. And I was like, damn, put, put, <laughs> put us all on blast, I guess. But, yeah, uh, I felt I mean, that. But also like not wrong. Because not wrong. You do need like a good $200,000 salary to like live properly <laughs> or without care in New York City. That's yeah. True. Yeah, you damn. really do. It's a. Uh... Great to be there. back, folks. Uh <laughs> Yeah, welcome That's back. That's why I'm a Jersey boy. <laughs> <laughs> Understandably. Um, yes. So who's the next one? I, I don't know if I have them in order. It was the doctor, right? The doctor. Who? The doctor. Okay. I didn't realize that it was the Fifty Wait, Shades of Grey guy. Was yeah, it man. the doctor next, or was it the? Or was it the housekeeper? I think it's the housekeeper. I think who... that's right. Basically used to be a nun, and Paro is like, ah, you hate Satan, therefore you hate people who talk to the dead. You could have killed her? Question mark. And after speaking to my family this week, not wrong, not far wrong. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they do not like people messing with the beyond. <laughs> mm. I think it's bad. It's, I think it's, I, I, I dare say, I think it's in bad form. Let the dead lie, says I. Oh. No, I, I want a... them to tell the truth. <laughs> I, <laughs> but I mean, if they come back and start talking to you, that's one thing. Mm. But otherwise, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, maybe don't don't try and ask them about stuff. Yeah, like the None of your Ouija board, like just like trying to like grab people when they just mind their business i just thought of a wallowy <laughs> luigi board this <laughs> 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 is wa over again 
Yeah. I swear I'm listening That's... to both of you. And no, just... I know. I know. It's just your brain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did use your platypus joke in therapy and I did credit you. Oh, well, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> you always want to get those therapy credits. <laughs> I, I might bring that up on stage now. Um, it's worth it for sure. Yeah. I reckon. Um, and then is there anything else with the housekeeper other than she used to be a nun? Not really. Just, I mean. But she didn't make a Not yet. Anyhow. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's not a whole lot. You know, she cared for the girl. She loved the girl. She hated. Yeah. She hates that what they found out was that Alicia is like in pain. And she's like, see, this sucks. I This is not a courtesy. This is, in fact, bad. That's also something Poirot says to um, to Miss Reynolds before she beefs it. Yeah, absolutely. So is it the doctor then? Yeah, I think so. So um, this mm-hmm. guy. OK, so I just want to mention uh, mm-hmm. that the mustache, you know how I'm famously anti-mustache. I had a feeling. Yes. I kind of liked it on him. There's you heard it here first, folks. It, here's the thing about a mustache, and I think this applies to you, Melissa, and a lot of other people. Okay. There's a level of hot that no matter what they if they obscure, if someone obscures their face in some way, or it's like slightly off, it elevates the hotness, right? The classic okay. example is like how Ryan Gosling, one of his eyes is lower than the other one. And everyone's like, bet, love it. And I think that for you, maybe in this moment, because Jamie has like just a stupidly handsome face. Like it's like annoying. It's like it kind of he stops looking like a person at a certain point. You're just like, yeah, "Yeah, what a beautiful painting of a person that's talking. Right. Like we get it. Yeah. And I think the little mustache adds like, a, oh, no, he's a real he's a real person. He's not just hot. What do you right, think? like maybe there's some sort of mystery or like um, some flair. It's not just all like perfection mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah. I think there's something to that. I like I like that theory. But like, you know, I, I mean, I also famously love an, a full beard. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. The mustache is okay on him. I think maybe it's the stupid perfect face. As a person with a mustache and a beard on this call, I don't know how I feel about this conversation. <laughs> As someone who, I mean, when I decide to grow out facial hair, it's mostly to get to a mustache. I don't know how I feel. Well, I like beards. Yeah, I know. A lot of people. I liked them in high school, but um. Oh. Yugga, gugga, gugga, um but yeah they they've done the numbers and and anthropologists say that the only reason we have beards is for aesthetic reasons okay it's not because sometimes your face gets cold no it doesn't really help at all it just like oh, happens lies. oh oh well this is this is my winter setup oh, okay. <laughs> okay i say well mia culpa i haven't had a beard in a while so um but yeah, I'm listening for the first time. I am canonically bi. I just want to make that. 
Yes, so you Canonically. Beards were not a thing. Those were real relationships. Yeah, no, I know. That's why I was, that's why I didn't know like how to process that. I'm like, are they beard if you're bi? Because yeah. <laughs> that doesn't seem. It was seem... purely just for the joke. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, it depends on whether or not you wanted to be in a relationship with him. I think you can have two straight that's people true. having a beard. That's true. You know? I mean, but then was that what you call it? I don't know. I don't know. What Melissa. are the rules? I couldn't tell you the w- rules of bearding. Okay. I couldn't. I couldn't even begin to fathom. Dang, I was going to say this should be your novel, but you didn't finish the first one. I know. <laughs> don't remind me. <laughs> well, this guy with the mustache. Yeah, he is. Yes. He's a doctor and... Poor guy is just all sorts of tortured. Yeah, he's oh, shell shocked yeah. from um, from accidentally hurting people in a in a what is it a concentration camp? Uh, yeah, Bergen Belsen. And yeah. then they had to burn it down. So basically, what happened was he was there at the liberation, and so these starving people were, you know, he was trying to treat them. And um, first thing that happened was he gave some folks milk and they, they their bodies couldn't handle it and they ended up dying yeah. and it was just it was a lot it was yeah. a lot to deal with uh war war trauma mm-hmm. and so that was one thing he was told when he got home he was so traumatized that he shouldn't practice me- medicine anymore but when he was back um he had somehow along the way met Rowena fallen in love with her and she wouldn't have anything to do with anyone because she was so obsessed with her daughter. But uh, she did say, hey, can you treat my daughter while she is, you know, convalescing? Having... Yeah. And he agreed because he can't say no to this woman he loves, just wanted to be close to her. And then he couldn't help her. And then she died. So she's really, he's really quite tortured. He is the father of the precocious child who who has some some uh some wonderful things like he he call he's reading poe mm-hmm. the child is reading poe at one point and um as children do like that was not a big thing to me yeah, yeah no. no i i read poe as a child right and <laughs> yeah and see how i turned out well it's also a different <laughs> time it's a big somebody. deal <laughs> Uh, yeah. And then, uh, Poirot says, what about Dickens? And he says, Dickens is silly. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Also this kid, like, you know, is reading a book during the, um, during the party while, uh, Olga is trying to get him to come play and eat a bit of cake. And he just- After that scene, I literally wrote, I wonder if I will ever come to like a child character in these films. The answer is no. Okay. Well, he, it turns out, <laughs> has kind of been taking care of his dad. Because his yeah. dad is a mess. Yeah. A beautiful mess. Yeah. Um, Leslie is also, at the time of this interview, is handling Joyce's body. And Poirot oh, yes. notices uh, some inconsistencies. Most notably, um, the fact that he got 
the time of death wrong, even though the watch broke at the exact moment uh, that she fell. So that kind of like sent him into like even more of like even more of a spiral because he's like now even more doubting his abilities. Um, And there was something else that he screwed up, but I can't remember. Yeah. So he's no, but he is just not on his, he's (laughs) not on his game. He's, he he just is absolutely hanging by a thread as a human being. Poor guy. Um, So that's kind of that with him. And then um, next we went to the assistants, right? Yes. Oh, he misses uh, a head wound oh. um, that that Joyce had. The doctor misses a head wound, and Poirot points it out, and he's like, "Oh, yes, terribly sorry. Like, I, I just, I just missed it. Wasn't trying to ignore it, but yeah." yeah. So then, yes, we move on to uh, Joyce's assistants, Nicholas and Desdemona, who are brother and sister. They're questioned, half, right? Uh, yes, half. Uh, they are questioned separately, of course, because it's the only way that you should do that. Um, and they kind but of shot that. in like that kind of sitcom style of like them finishing the other's answer in the other room, like this back and forth. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and Nicholas is absolutely denying that they did anything wrong. And uh, <laughs> right. Desdemona is finally like, is like, okay, yeah, we were stealing from her. What? <laughs> So. And is that a crime? And they're like, yeah. 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 <laughs> I wanted to point out when Nicholas is introduced, he falls from the chimney, the chimney, the yeah. chimbley, the chimbley, the chimbley. <laughs> he falls from the chimbley and uh, the assistant. You thought Santa immediately? I did. I thought Santa immediately. And then um, he is Nicholas. So that is that. Um Ah. Uh, but what's her name? The assistant, her, his sister goes, Nicholas. And then Poirot goes, Nicholas. <laughs> like that. Like, <laughs> like in the Care Bears movie. It's, I don't know what you're talking about, but yeah, I'll say yes. I've never seen the Care Bears film. Okay. Tyler, have you seen the Care oh, Bears movie? I was thinking Ricola. Like, I was also Ricola, thinking. Like that's where, I, where my mind Oh, I yeah. Have, I have seen the. the there was only one Care Bear film, right? In oh, like the 90s? Or were there multiple? As far as I know, there was one. Okay. It, but it was, uh, the kid's name was Nicholas. And this book was possessing him. And it was whispering him, Nicholas. Yes. Nicholas. Yes. Yeah. I do remember that now. Yeah, that was a, that just oh. blasted me straight back to <laughs> years ago. And a little cloud car. Yeah. 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 <laughs> when I was a kid, I assumed that heaven was like Carolot. Like everyone was kind of bouncing around on a cloud. Oh, like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can I tell you? I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> and also, I think it's so indicative of a. Uh, of my upbringing where my parents, I was like, well, you know, is heaven like clouds and stuff? And they're like, nah, that's just like a, a artist rendering of the idea to like, let you feel what it might look like, you know, to make you feel a certain way of like peaceful, but it's probably just like a void where you're just like aware of everyone else's consciousness. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> I mean, okay. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> 
as a child. Okay. Yeah. You know, know, so maybe I, you know, some people achieve precocity. Some have precocity thrust Thrust upon upon them. them, Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, Brana is a pretty good actor. I don't know if you know this. He, yeah. He, uh, he unfortunately is really good in this movie, I think. He's very funny. That Nicolas made me laugh. Um, there's another moment that we'll get to, I think we probably have already passed, where there's a secret garden up top on the roof. Um, and he goes, oh, let us enjoy the secret garden. Because Ari- <laughs> Ariadne is just like, kind of, it's wet out. Can we come back inside? <laughs> He's like, come on, live a little. Nay, live moss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is what Ding. he says <laughs> and then we go back to the clock <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep um uh, and then there's another really good line sorry i that i wanted to highlight that the yeah. that olga says that she goes um uh what's the lady of the house's name rowena rowena, rowena owns the property but the spirits possess it and i'm like that's a really good line yeah hell yeah that's really nice yeah it's like a foreclosed house like a fork, like the yes, like a fork load house. <laughs> Just beep, 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 bring it up, move it on out. <laughs> oh, so I wanted to mention uh, that when Poirot says, Hey, nobody can leave, Rowena is like, I have never stayed a night in this house and I never oh. intend to. And yeah. I have been listening to um, a podcast that has to do with ghosts. Mm-hmm. And there's like this lighthouse where there's people that are like, no, we know this is haunted and uh, we never want to stay the night because that would just be a bridge too far. So that's a real thing in haunted house. That's a real thing in haunted houses. People don't want to sleep there. It turns out. <laughs> it turns out. <laughs> um, here's an impression of someone from the 1800s in Maine trying stand up comedy. Okay. We, you know, we talk about lighthouses a lot, but we never uh, talk about dark houses. That's it. Okay, good. Stand-up comedy was not good back then. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, I, I did. I, I thought I'd let you discover that as part of the the narrative. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, no, no right. And I then didn't want to preface it. It just adds to the lore. <laughs> it adds to the lore of May, of Maine. Of Maine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, speaking of Maine, though, I wouldn't mind revisiting Cabot Cove in the future, but I digress. Ah, a little tease for everybody there. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You can go to Patreon. There's there's still like five, ten episodes that we have not released of us talking about Murder, She Wrote. If you want to listen to those, (laughs) give us a dollar. Uh, Uh, The next is... I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. It's, it's okay. I was just going right. to say our dear departed Angela Lansbury. Okay, please continue. Oh, right. I yes. forgot she had died. Also, remember in 2020 where we were recording like five of these a week? Yes. Remember yes. how we all went insane? <laughs> we recorded five of these a week? Yeah, well, we went insane in well, so Well, some of us ways. stayed insane, like yours truly. So. Uh, true, true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm still there too. It was... <laughs> it's one of those things... I fully realized because you know even before the before the pandemic hit I was like what am I getting out of podcasting doing stand-up and then like two weeks in I'm like I am going insane I have too much energy as a person <laughs> I'm going yeah. nuts need to do something <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, anyhow um, who's next 
Maxim. Maxim. Who, um, as well, we... I, we forgot to mention, was not initially invited. Well, not invited by Rowena. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. <clears throat> no, um, she does not want him there. Yeah. Uh, but we do... When, oh, when yeah. We, Desdemona tries to make a break for it. Mm-hmm. And oh, uh, sorry, yes. Then they pursue them and uh they tie them up to chairs back to back in a room. Indiana Jones style, yeah. Yeah. Also when oh, they talk about how they want to go to St. Louis, Louis because they saw half of Meet Me in St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, they want to go to yeah. Missouri. It was like this very sad story about how like they only had access to this half of the film and they thought if they could get there, their lives would be happy. So they're just trying to get to Missouri. Which I have a question. Um, I've never seen Meet Me in St. Louis. I have not either. Tyler? I have not because I have always completed that with uh, St. Louis Woman, which is... okay. A far blacker thing that they would not have watched. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. So there's a joke, I assume. Um, it's a joke in when they discover this because they go, We've all, we've no we don't know how it ends. And um Tina Fey is like, Yeah, it ends happily. I'm like, is that true? I have no idea. I assume not. Probably it's a that. Judy Garland musical comedy in the 40s. Mm. I think it does. Hmm, okay. I think it actually does. Okay, interesting. But yes. And maybe we'll watch that next. Just kidding. <laughs> oh, speaking of things we're going to watch next, um I have a question. Tyler, you've seen this film. Would you consider mm-hmm. Ladies Man a mystery? Can we shoehorn? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but yes, we can. <laughs> that that is indeed a mystery. It is. But I good grief. <laughs> I but I like oh gosh I apologize in advance to Melissa but I also really wanted Melissa's thoughts on this film. Same. <laughs> okay. Same, same same. Is this oh it's based on an SNL sketch uh skit from the 2000s with Tim Meadows. <sighs> Tim Meadows. If you remember okay. the ladies man sketch. Okay, okay, okay. I see. Tim I Meadows. immediately googled it. Oh, okay. Is the funniest man to ever live in my opinion. He's so good all the time. I'm more of a Tommy Davidson guy, but like I do love Tim Meadows. He's so funny. Um, okay. Uh, also, did you talk about? I, I took a little break. Um, did you talk about him talking to the kid? Who talking to the kid? Poirot. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't remember. It's all a jump. Because he like he's at. The end because of the bathroom business. Yes, the bathroom business. So then next Maxime is, is next. Yes, Maxime is next. Yes. And uh he he's kind of a prick. This man. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to rely on y'all because I got real bored of him real quick. <laughs> so I do not remember very oh, much. Boy, of this. Melissa, I'm really hoping that he angered you enough that you remember what he said. <laughs> Oh yeah, I do. Uh That's so <clears throat> so the first time we met him, I was like absolutely screw this guy. Yeah. What a jerk. I hate him so much. Um when, so upon his entrance I wrote the gold digger better die. <laughs> there you go. So he cuts his finger and uh Ariadne tells him 
that honey is a remedy for that. And I'm curious if that's true. Um, so like a mm-hmm. natural antiseptic or something. And so like, was, like, I don't think it was like, I don't think it's a good use, but it was a use. Okay. Um, so he puts the, some honey on, on it and he's like, oh, not wildflower honey. Okay. Like, what kind of honey is this? Weird. And I can't so I place it. Yeah. So then as he's talking to Poirot, it comes out that yes, he initially broke off the engagement, um, but he was really driven to do so because his uh her, her mom, Alicia's mom, Rowena, was kind of losing it and saying, like, you can't marry her, you can't take her away from me, blah, 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 blah. And so he was like, Okay, I cannot deal with this person's mother. And so he actually tried to come back, but she wouldn't have it. She wouldn't let him see her. Um, said she was way too upset. He had uh, hurt her way too much. Wouldn't let her see her. And then by the time, you know, uh, he finally was able to come around, she was being put in the ground. So that's the story. Makes him slightly less of an ass, but he's still an ass. And now we are, we see Poirot uh, taking a break in the bathroom to kind of get his thoughts and head together, tries to turn the faucet, nothing comes out, things are like kind of rattling. And then in the mirror, he believes he sees for a split second, uh, Alicia turns around, touches the wall. Oh, that was a Yeah, that was one of two other ones, I think. Okay. But yeah, that's a yeah. that's a classic jump scare. You see someone in the mirror you're not expecting. I didn't jump. I mean, that just happens in life. I guess it <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Tyler. all the time. <laughs> I mean, people are usually there, but like sometimes <laughs> <laughs> like, The word usually like, is doing a lot so of like, heavy I look lifting down here. and I look back up and I was like, "Oh, why you announce yourself next time you Hmm. Come behind me in the bath. Okay, that's yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Getting off of this train. (laughs) One of us is. Uh, So, (laughs) oh, I, I, um, but yeah. So the 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 faucet ain't working, and then it starts working after she shows up, and then he opens the door, and that little creep, Leopold, is there that creepy ass child he's kind of a sweet kid yeah i agree to disagree but he's still a creep you can be sweet and a creep that is also true yeah yes yeah happens all the time where people are like i don't like the look of you but you are objectively kind (laughs) i guess so i guess so (laughs) but he's also got that precocity that comes with like I don't know. He's just got bad vibes. I think they cast the kid really well because he walks a fine line where yeah. two, like one out of three people is like, oh, no, that kid was fine. Normal yeah. kid. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think I, he was miscast. I don't think he was a normal kid by any means. <laughs> okay. But, you know, I think he was doing the best with what he had. Yeah. I mean, it's always unsettling because, like, there's precocious children who are just, like, comfortable with adults. And then in this guy's case, he's precocious because of the fact that he has to take care of his father. And that 
reads worse, so much worse. And it makes you sad for the kid. And it makes you sad for the parent and sad for everybody involved. But it also makes him it he the kid feels like he's playing a dad in a movie. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's not just like he's like, oh, I like reading instead of talking to other kids my age. It's like he's reading by the fireplace because that's what an adult, you know, like a papa does, you know, at a holiday gathering, you know. Yeah. Um. Yes, no, that makes sense. But Poirot talks to him and he says that he hears the voices of the spirits. Um, and, oh, mm-hmm. BTW, um, Poirot has been hearing a voice of a child singing um, yeah. ever yes. since he almost drowned in the apple bobbing thing. Yeah, don't bob for apples her. unless you want to hear a child's voice for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> apple bobbing, boots with the fur, with the fur. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and the kid is quite precocious. He goes, am I on your list? He goes, everyone's on my list. And he goes, well, my dad and I were here at midnight, so it couldn't have been there. And blah, 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 blah. Um, and he's like trying to help him out. And he goes, he's, he's really not a bad person. He's just, he's, he's, the war. he's just from the wars. He's got a shell shock, has he? That's, That's exactly what, what he sounds like. It's not at all what he sounds like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he might as well have sounded like that to me. <laughs> then they but, just decide to go in the basement is that what happens yeah i was just about to say like i know we go to the basement but like i don't remember how or why we got huge there. banging down there huge. oh there's some banging down and in the then the he goes just had left what the teenager <laughs> oh yeah come now tyler behave Ooh, behave <laughs> You brought um, up the horniness before. I'm just finishing your joke. <laughs> but these massive uh, sounds are coming from the basement, and and uh, the lady of the house, whose name escapes me because it's crazy sounding. Rowena. Rowena is not a name. I'm sorry. <laughs> now I'm naming my daughter that just to spite you. <laughs> you know what? And I will be looking forward to calling her Slugger her whole life. <laughs> I anyway, appreciate that. Rowena is like the there's no basement and then Poirot goes to the end of a hallway kicks down a door and he's like voila oh basement <laughs> and he goes down there and there's some creepy graffiti and it's just like the basement isn't a basement per se it's flooded I'm sorry, and- but like more than that like there's the skeleton of dead children. Yes. Like we and cannot bees. gloss over that. <laughs> and bees Candyman was there. <laughs> it's really really upsetting. Yeah, a pile of uh, also like stuffed animals. Rats are everywhere. It's flooded. The basement's flooded. It's like terrible. Um, and Truly, every- yeah. If any place is haunted, it's definitely this house. Yeah, and uh, yeah. his body, Poirot's bodyguard, goes. Yeah, it turns out the stories are true. Who to thunk? Yeah, and it's bad, bad vibes, bad. bad vibes. And then, and then, you know, Maxim is being Maxim, so Leslie tries to kill him after suffering a panic attack. Yeah, because he's having a panic attack, and then Maxim's like, not now, not in front of your boy. And then he's just, they start to throw down. And it's yeah. really interesting as well, because the rest of the group are just um, the 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 kid, and then the rest of the people are women, all of whom cannot, like, control these two men fighting and i was like that must be so scary 
yeah have people be fighting and you can't stop them yeah yeah. i've never been in that situation but it sounds terrifying but the kid uh leo is able to talk to his dad and kind of like you know get him to focus on him yeah out of the fight which was pretty impressive after mustache man busts the other the americans head through a glass uh window pane and mm-hmm. is about to use the shattered glass to slit the guy's throat he's and like that's about why to... i said the kid stopped him too soon <laughs> <laughs> and yeah oh it's incredible and it's this very sad sort of perplexing moment where this where leopold is like focus on me focus up i'm here yeah. very sad and then um Locks him in a room. Locks him in a room after ha- taking a sedative. And I'm like, man, living my best life. And I guess Carl... there's a fine line between sad and irritating. <laughs> um, So Rowena gives Poirot the only key to that room that mm-hmm. Maxine is in. Okay. Which uh, then not, made as... me write down, mama a little shifty. Yeah. Ah. Mm-hmm. parentheses okay. locking the doctor yeah oh i was like what did i say it was homeboy locking homeboy <laughs> <laughs> so we got homeboy home... of course means leslie yeah yes leslie. we have homeboy we have kid we have slugger <laughs> poirot <laughs> tina fey <laughs> <laughs> And the siblings. And the siblings and Olga, whose name we all remember. All remember. So, yes. You know, it's funny. Like, in most of the things I watch, like, usually, like, the housekeeper's name is, like, forgotten by, like, the characters and the thing. But it's usually the one name I can remember. (laughs) Because you're courteous. Yeah. There's a banger of a line, too, where he goes, where where, um, Ariadne goes, well, why is the help always under suspicion? What's going on? You know, what do they have against these people? He goes, a lot of things primarily being referred to as the help. Boom. I want to get into that a little bit once we're through with the plot, but we're we're rounding the corner, right? We must. Yeah. Um, It's locked in and oh okay the next i don't remember exactly how uh perhaps y'all can help me get there but i know next poirot um confronts uh ariadne and vitaly yeah i don't remember how they got i don't know what spurs it but i know that's the next yeah what does he it's something to do with apple Yes, apples. Because well, he yeah, sees, he, he looks at the the card that, um, hum, not homeboy, um, the American gets, and it does an anagram, and he sees apple. Oh yeah, so yes, and because that um, when Vitaly first tells Poro that Ariadne is there visiting, she like gives an apple to him, and like he then is like, "Do you know this woman with the apples?" or something along those mm-hmm. lines. Yeah. And he says, okay, fine, I'll see her. Because he won't see anybody, but... Much like Eve tempting Adam in the garden. Yeah. Uh, We do get a cuckoo clock at a point that has uh, the Adam and Eve apple moment. 
lot of apples in this, this movie. So many apples. I love an apple. What's your favorite kind of apple? Fiji. Mm, good or choice. Is it Fuji? Is it Fuji, Fuji or Fiji? Fuji. I think it's Fuji, yeah. Uh, gosh, there's a lot of good ones. I don't know what my absolute favorite is. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, some Honeycrisp are good, but um, also I just really like a Macintosh too. Oh, oh. It's, it's not a red delicious, at least. That's yeah, that's true. true. Oh, um, Lord. My grandmother loved red delicious, delicious apples and... Between they're that, just getting worse. Like they're so like oblong now. Yeah, they're terrible. Like, they, like it looks nothing natural about them no. these and days. My grandmother had such good taste, except for red delicious apples and iceberg lettuce. Iceberg rips. I I'm sorry. There's just nothing to it. Yeah, I love to feel nothing when I'm eating. Oh, that's not how you eat. Yeah, that's how I eat. <laughs> <laughs> um i uh i i i'll i'll give you a macintosh is certainly better than a red delicious um yes. i love a fuji mm-hmm. i love a, a sweet tango um Ooh. they have these in new zealand they have these massive sweet tango apples and i was like these are incredible apples oh amazing and then i go home to minnesota for a couple months and i'm i am then i then find out that they're from minnesota that's where we grew them. They were first grown. So it's like the whole time I'm like, oh, Amazing. New Zealand has these incredible apples. <laughs> That's very funny. Yeah. That's really funny. Very silly. Um, but yeah, like a Fuji with some like sharp cheddar cheese. Yeah. Okay. I'm more of like an apple peanut butter guy. I'll have to try that with the cheese. I've done that with like pie, but not like with a slice oh, sure. of apple. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's mm-hmm. real good. I love apples, peanut butter. Great snack. Yep. It is a good snack. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm doing apples and honey, it has to be a green apple for me. I need it to be something tarter to offset oh, okay. the sweetness of the honey. Okay, except. <laughs> uh, yeah, they have those like little boxes, uh, like the little boxes at Starbucks where they give you some apple slices. They also mm-hmm. give you cheese. Um, I always put those together. Yeah, yeah. Such good. I mean, yeah, monks knew what they were doing. Oh, okay. I didn't know that monks did that. I don't know they- much about monks. Well, it's a jungle out there. Uh, Disorder, yeah. confusion Lotto everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> no woods. We're, we're getting a monk yeah. movie, and I'm so excited for it. Oh. Who's in charge here? Yeah, I'm excited about it, too. Um, we are getting a monk movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen the series at all. Interesting. I know. I know. It's one of those things that you'd be like, Y'all better awesome subscribe like to that. Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. I remember yeah, we, had a, <laughs> we had a conversation about a year ago. Like, well, what do we do once? Because we're almost done with the David Suchet Poirot. And then you just start listing murder mysteries. I'm like, all oh, right, this is such a very popular <laughs> yeah, form yeah. of media, isn't it? That's we so will hard. never run out of material. Nah. Um, Alfred Molina's series, the detective series uh, that got released last year is really good. Highly recommend it. Can't remember what it's called, like Three Points, something like that. Okay. There's also Canada. the John Malkovich ABC Murph. There is. I don't know if I want to see John Malkovich try. I watched and... it because I didn't I... think we were going to cover it. Was it any good? I mean, it, uh, it wasn't, but it wasn't bad. <laughs> like it was, like it was fine. Okay, like, it was a passable. Like I would watch it like again on a rainy day if, like, I was, you know, needed something. Yeah. Okay. 
I need to see. It's all, like it's on the level of Detective Pikachu for me. Got yeah. it. Okay. Mm. <laughs> I love that there is a Detective Pikachu level. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so as, yeah, we're, we still have a murder. Quaro, <laughs> oh my God, confronts Ariadne Oliver and his bodyguard, conspiring to try and get him to come to the seance so that he can be bested by this lady so that Ariadne can sell a book she's writing on the clout of like the lady that stumped Poirot and then the bodyguard gets uh, a cut and then obviously the medium she gets critical acclaim Mm -hmm. yes this was wild to me now I have not read this book but we have seen a bunch of you know Poirot episodes with Ariadne Oliver Mm -hmm. and brilliantly by zoe wanamaker yes uh and they were like always such good buds that it broke my heart to see ariadne oliver betray him i I like i didn't like that at all that upset me greatly Mm -hmm. so i i guess i do need to know what happens in the book i assume that it's that that's what happens in the book but like really well, i don't know because this is based on a short so i think yeah. like they took oh. liberties i think they took a but lot i don't of know liberties. how much liberty was taken oh okay yeah it's based off of kind of an obscure short and they kind of because i think they quite rightly were like we did the two big ones the two everyone knows yeah now that death in the nile was such a big flop let's do a small one <laughs> Um, but yeah, with this, that turn, I, I don't want to say I saw it coming, but I was like, why is my immediate thought was like, why are you ruling her out? She, Mm. she brought you here kind of like in, I don't know. I was like, it it made a lot of sense to me. Also, it's interesting because Tina, I was trying to find whether or not I like Tina Fey's performance in this thing. It's bad. She, she is baffling to me in this, this movie. Uh, Agreed. Um, I also didn't understand where she was supposed to be from what? Okay. in the context of this film. Yes. Because the she, voice was, yeah. She has that transatlantic accent for some reason. But I'll, oh, yeah. say, I'll say this about it. She seems to be really putting on a character up until this point. And huh. then once they have this confrontation, she seems like a normal person. Yeah. Okay. And so maybe diegetically she's doing a bit. Yeah, but I don't know if it reads well, and I also am kind of like of a of a that happens. That's happened a couple of times, um, where I've watched a film or a TV show. Like, there's an episode of, um, no, nah, I won't talk about that as an example. In Hateful Eight, um, you uh, is it Eli Roth. He's doing like a very proper British accent, and I'm like, he sounds terrible, and he, but it turns out the character is lying, and oh. I really have a hard time yeah. when actors make the character like make you realize that the character is lying before oh, yeah. that reveal is meant to happen okay. is that the actor so, or the director though it's both i feel like at a certain point i don't know uh, whatever it is i don't like that choice sure from the creative team that's fair so but i don't know she didn't go far enough for that to feel like it was okay the choice. i see it's what just, you're saying it's baffling yeah. again it's a confusing performance it's not necessarily bad but it right. is confusing yeah, I, I agree her, with you there. Her casting in general was like very confusing to me because I had a moment where I was watching it. I'm like, she's got to be off her only. So like Brenog went, I want Tina Fey to be in this movie. And I'm like, why? 
Yeah. You know, I actually, when I heard that she was playing her, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. No, it, it made sense to me. It, like, yeah, I don't know. There's something about like witty, sharp, you know, mm-hmm. quick. Yeah. It, it made, yeah, it, it read to me, like, from what I know about Ariadne Oliver's character. Mm-hmm. Um, it just made sense. But yeah. Um, I, I hear what you're saying about the performance, though. Yeah. But right. she, yeah, she's been betraying him, and then, but then there's the murder, right? The right. Because- yes. Uh, he's confronting them, uh, and then Desdemona rushes in, saying, "We need the key. Mm-hmm. Something's Be- happened." And then they all rush off to the music room. Right, because in this uh, accusation that Poirot <laughs> makes, he's like, "You did all of this fraud." Uh, to me and and then you murdered her and mm-hmm. they're like we did not murder her yeah and then Desdemona comes rushing in with the key yes and then they open the door and uh homeboy has been stabbed in the back with the a big old and here is where I did feel a modicum of sympathy for the child okay you have all these ding-dang adults up in this room. No one, no one thinks to cover the child's eyes to block him from seeing his father's bloody corpse on the floor. No yeah. one. Yeah. I had that same thought. Yeah. I also had a thought of like, beautifully composed shot though, of like the camera drifts from Poirot, shifts focus to all the people watching and then lands on the kid. Yeah. Really beautiful. But yeah, you're 100% correct, Tyler. I was like, damn. That's cold-blooded. Yeah. And now there's no one to do an autopsy because the doctor's dead. What are we to do? Yeah. All about him saying. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, boy. Um. Then what happens? Do we get to the reveal? Some other stuff happens, right? Yes. No. We do. Right? Is there? I thought Not we go really. to the parlor. We do. We do. We go or to the parlor. the courtyard. Yeah. The flooded courtyard. Yeah, Poro has put it together and he realizes that the only person that could have done this was, in fact, Alicia's mother, Rowena. Bum, bum, bum. She was slowly dosing her with this hallucinogenic honey. And From rhododendrons, uh, a flower grown in Turkey. Yes. And it weakens her, makes her more like a child so that she can care for her very um mommy dead and dearest, uh very um Dee Dee Blanchard vibes, um, making your kids stick. Uh it's called Munchausen's by proxy, mm-hmm. um, where you make your child sick to basically get sympathy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes money as well, which is what happened with Judy Blanchard. Um, but yes, so she kept giving her this poison honey. She kept getting sicker and sicker. And then um, one night she like went out of town or something or wasn't there. And then she ended up getting too much. Yes. So the the honey is a poison. It also causes, causes hallucinations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Poirot had consumed some earlier unbeknownst to him 
But what had happened was Olga had convinced Rowena to take a night off, basically. And then um, she basically overdosed on the poison honey because Olga did not know what was up. And then she died. And then when Marina came back, she goes, oh, no, she's dead. So let me frame it and make it look like a suicide, scraping up her back to look like it fits the curse of the house. Just yeet her off the balcony into the into the water. And mm -hmm. um, then, of course. Um, she gets a couple uh, a couple of weeks later, she gets blackmailed. Someone's like, I know you've been. Poisoning. Well, during that during that time, she was getting blackmailed. Um, and then so she calls this medium who she thinks is blackmailing her because she had specifics about it. The, her two suspects were the doctor and the medium. No, the medium called her. Ah, uh, yeah. I do remember that. But... Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the medium calls her up and is like, I know about your daughter. It's this and this, this and that and that. And she's like, oh, you know my daughter too well. Therefore, you must be the one that's blackmailing me. Right. And then the other sus suspect is the doctor who, of course, was like helping her take care of um, Alicia. And so she eliminates both of those people, um, forcing homeboy to stab himself in the back, mm -hmm. which is, you know, grim. Yeah, because but... he was locked in that room. Mm -hmm. So no one could have gotten in, right? Yeah. But she was able to use an internal phone line that was still working and said, listen, unless you want me to kill your son, this is what you have to do. You have yeah. to stab yourself in the back. And he's like, okay, I guess that's what I got to do. It's very <laughs> upsetting. Deeply. Yeah. Um, so then there's a confrontation with her. Everyone's like, oh, no. Uh, and then she runs inside the house, locking everyone in the veranda and then Poirot chases her up some stairs and she either falls or is grabbed by a ghost and yeeted off that same balcony. Yeah. Slugger was slugged off the roof by a ghost. <laughs> Woo! Yep. And um, uh, she falls. And presumably drowns. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I, I think she probably also hit her head. Broke um, her neck. Fall like yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, like, Yeah. It was Neck not a good back. fall, not a good fall situation. Very high height, uh, lots of stuff to fall on. Bad, bad. Yeah, how she remained unimpaled. Like, What's well, a different balcony? A <laughs> oh, also, well, I know that, but like the bits of wood that were sticking out in the water right oh, where she fell. Sure. Like, yeah. Also, when you fall from a great <clears throat> height, um, often you die before you hit the ground because your body like contorts um uh then you can like break yourself just in the yeah. air huh. yeah mm -hmm. isn't that pleasant yeah i mean in a way because like i always imagined yeah. like it being like a really harsh end for people mm -hmm. yeah the impact I'm... but like not that they suffer too much longer but like i always imagined yeah. that there was some unpleasantness yeah um no i think from a height that great she might have died before she hit the water yeah so anyway anyway three dead bodies after the storm uh go on the back of the police boat because we're in mm -hmm. venice i might remind you 
Yeah, we have still not met, met the man responsible for two of the three. <laughs> Oh yes. boy. So as dawn breaks, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh Borrow <clears throat> parts with Ariadne and uh Vitaly is like, can I at least escort you home before you turn me in for fraud? And Poro is like, You're good. I don't like this, but it's <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah. Just leave me alone and like never talk to me again, please. Yeah. Um, and then we find out that it was all Leopold's fault. Yes. He was um, the blackmailer. Yes. So he blackmailer. caused his father's death and the death of this medium who he did not know. Yes. And he feels really bad about it. As Aww. he, <laughs> he kind of should. He should indeed. But in doing he has the money from the blackmail and and, and Poirot suggests of doing a good deed by helping the two Hungarian kids <laughs> off to Missouri, which is like that's a fate worse than death. <laughs> For real, I mean, that brown boy don't know what he's getting into a Missouri in 1947. <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, <laughs> um, separate. He's not going to see his sister. They're going to be segregated. Like, oh it, my God, that's it, true. It does not make sense. Yeah, no, no it's not going to be good for those two. Um, I would say... Oh, but, uh, for those who have not seen the film yet and are only hearing us talk about it, she is white and he is of... Another nationality. They are half siblings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um, what do you think about the boy doing it? I mean, plausible to me. Children are the worst. <laughs> the blackmail? Yeah, the blackmail. Like, he was just trying to get money because his dad couldn't work and he needed to pay his bills i feel bad for him he thought it was the only way to do it like he didn't have proper supervision his brain is not his brain is not fully formed yet it seemed like a good idea you're a great defense lawyer (laughs) i okay so i love that i asked this question and I think I'm going to get a certain kind of response from you guys. And I love that it just speaks to both of you as who you are as people. Because Tyler was like, ethically, it's it's what it is. Kids suck. You know, that's my that's my whole ethos is kids are bad and it confirms my bias. Great. Cool. Melissa's like, oh, I really feel for the character. I'm putting myself in the character shoot. What I meant was, what did you think about that twist? Narratively speaking. <laughs> Oh, I thought that was a great uh, twist. I thought that was really I mean, it's an ending, yeah, that I appreciate, but would have pissed me off upon reading. Because I'm someone who likes to, like, solve. Mm. Oh, okay. And I, I would not have thought that they would have had a child. Mm, okay. Interesting. Because the minute he goes, you know, when they have the conversation about the list, I'm like, oh, the kid's involved somehow. Um, I was like... I'm like also or, I didn't I this... think he was involved. I just thought he knew more. Mm. Mm. Sure. Um, I definitely also have this thing that I go, wouldn't it be funny if a lot of the time, or wouldn't it be interesting if, and then a lot of the times that happens to be the twist. Um, if it's a it, a lot of the time, um, but it's not from a oh, it makes sense, 
logically, like I don't solve it. I'm like, narratively, it'd be more interesting if it was Ariadne and the, the kid. Whereas the mom stuff, I was like, okay, that all makes sense. Once we got to the reveal, I'm like, yeah, that absolutely tracks. I see. Well done. Mm-hmm. You've, you've well, I'm putting it together as he's saying it. But those two things, I was like, that I, I bet is going to happen. And I'm glad it did because I like the idea of a precocious Angus McDonald type being morally reprehensible. <laughs> I don't think he's morally reprehensible. Okay, let me say he's amoral. He doesn't, he's too young to have morals yet. Okay. Which is a whole uh, discussion. Anyway. Uh, yeah, let's not get into it. Let's get into yeah. it. Let's not get into it. And then um, it ends with Poirot back on his roof, letting people give him cases again. He's back, baby. Yeah, he walks into his door and wildly does not close his front door. Insane. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it bothered me so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. I know he, we have. Go ahead. Uh, he does talk to Ariadne before that, and it does not seem like they are ever, ever, ever getting back together. No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I get that now because I went to the Eras? Taylor Swift, the Eras, the movie, the tour, the tour, the movie, whatever it goes. <laughs> the movie, the oh tour. yeah. I still haven't seen it, but I have uh, let some Swifties into my life. So it's kind of. Yeah, well, I... it was not for me, but okay. I respect her a lot. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I didn't know really anything going in. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I didn't because it was like three and a half hours. Yeah. She performs like <laughs> every ding dang song. She do. And she like do. I was like an hour and I was like, this is so much fun. And I was like, oh, I have two more hours of this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, no, no. She's. Uh, She's pretty she's pretty impressive, actually. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and people very make fun, so. but like, you know what? She knows what she's doing and she's doing a pretty good job of it. Um, a very good job of it. But yes, uh so that is the movie. We reviewed a movie. Yes, we did. Let's I actually re- review it. Yes. Um, I want to talk about this film in terms of like, you know how there's reconstructionist westerns. Did you know about that genre of film? Like, no. I, like I would be able to speak. Okay. Basically, it's Westerns that are like actually looking at the mythology of the West and breaking it down of like, oh, this these were not good people. Mm. Like that kind of stuff. It kind of feels like Brenna is doing that with these murder mysteries because he makes a point of in all three of these kind of pointing out class inequality, racism, okay, all of this stuff. And so you, I do appreciate these films looking at this time period. Probably not as harshly as it was, but certainly more harshly than like the Suchet version is. Yeah. And I appreciate these films as like a case study of that. And I think that's very interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, wanted to throw I disagree. That. I think it, I think he goes about it very lazily. Mm. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Like there is a, a moment. Uh, we talked about that moment at the end uh, with. Uh, the one sibling nicholas mm-hmm. uh, yeah. but there's also a moment early on where he makes a remark about your kind to joyce reynolds who mm-hmm. is played by an asian woman mm-hmm. and like there's no acknowledgement of like what the your kind meant right mm-hmm. i mean i got i surmised what he meant was mediums but, right like but, i yeah. and i got that too but like you like you can't go there without going there that's fair mm. that is fair mm. he is lazy about it that's absolutely true he he oh he makes 
some effort, but is it? A yeah, good and like effort? I'm not saying like he shouldn't make an effort or like the effort is bad, but like it's right. not. If you're gonna go there, I feel like you need to like really do your due diligence. Like I'll take it because it is to Tristan's point like far better than what we typically get, but yeah. it's still not good enough for me. Okay. Absolutely interesting. Yeah. yeah, um, I can absolutely see your point. I think it is interesting that he is, I mean, it's got to be tricky in that situation as well, where like he has to kind of take a half measure because he's trying to still make money, which sucks that that's the case, just from a box office standpoint, which is oh, annoying. I yeah, mean, I, I would rather you just not do it at that point. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, um, I, I have to agree with that. Yeah. Um. So what did you all think of this guy? What do we do? Mustaches. Out of again? Or must yeah. Oh, are like, we doing are, we do ten, ten? We do ten for a film, five for okay. a, a TV show, and then I think pass or fail on books. And I don't think we're ever gonna do a book again because that's just too much of a freaking headache. We'll see. <sighs> we will see. I don't know. I would be open to like a graphic novel or something. I guess. Oh yeah, yeah, when we get when we get did Gabe Dunn's graphic novel, that was quite yeah, yeah very the lead. Was. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Um, um, for mustaches. Okay. Like it, I like I didn't hate it, but I will never watch or think about this movie again. Like <laughs> as soon as they killed off Michelle Yeoh, I was like, "Well, the movie sucks now." And Fair I was enough. right, in my opinion. Like, <laughs> the quality just deteriorated because, like, she was crushing it. And I felt like everyone's like, all right, we're here. And we have mm. lines. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it seven. Um, this is my favorite out of the Kenneth Branagh borrows. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was really interesting. Um, I love a ghost story. I love mm-hmm. I love in Italy. So you do love in Italy. <laughs> I do love in Italy. No, but I love a ghost story. I I thought I I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was pretty decent. Like it's not, you know, the most profound movie of all time or the most, you know, perfectly executed movie certainly, but I thought it was really fun. I had a good time. Um yeah. Yeah, I'd probably give it so much as an eight, to be honest. Um, but I'm feeling generous. And I think it's mostly because it is certainly, in my opinion, is the best out of the three. Um, certainly better than Death on the Nile. Oh, um, yeah. I haven't seen Murder on the Orient Express in a very long time. And I think one of the things to, and I mean this with respect to all the players involved, I think the story is enhanced by not having so many freaking famous people in it and i think that Mm -hmm. really helps this movie because you're not distracted by persona at any point Mm. um because even you know someone like tina fey is turning out a performance that's not just like she's not liz lemon she's not doing that she's doing a bit of acting um brana i would say again i think the main issue i have with these films is that he directs them I think if he got a different director, I think these would be really good movies. He's really good as Poirot. He's, yeah. I think he does a phenomenal performance. He's very warm and funny and charming. Um, I know, very controversial opinion there, but I actually think he does a good job too. <laughs> yeah, no, he's really good in these. I think, 
it's just a different interpretation. I think he plays into different parts of the character, but I think he does a really good job. I think Michelle Yeoh is quite good and well utilized as well. And I think I, I see what you're saying, Tyler. I love it when a movie is like this famous person that you love dead so quickly. It's one of my favorite things a movie can do. Like when, like there's like a, this one of the the alien movies has James Franco in it, but only as a photograph of a character's dead husband. That's funny. And he was doing press for that movie. And that's, oh, that's so hysterical. funny oh, to me. Okay. I didn't realize like, that. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that is like, I think really fun. And I thought she was going to be like, throughout the film, yeah. I thought she was going to be like the big bad, obviously, from the trailers and everything. Yeah. Um, I do think aesthetically, it's unfortunately, you know, kind of the weakest in some ways in terms of like costume design, just because it's so like bleak. Um, I love the way Orient Express looks, um, particularly. Yeah. But I would say I love um, all the thematic and iconography <laughs> elements to it, like the birds and the apples and all of this stuff. I thought it was quite fun. Um, will I watch it again? It's also the thing of like, it's probably the one I'm most likely to rewatch. Same. But I've also seen Orient Express twice. And... I've seen it at least twice. And I've seen Death on the Isle once. Heaven help me. Heaven help so, us all. Heaven help us all. I think I did rewatch it because we saw it when we record, like Tristan and I saw it together. And then I think I saw it again before we recorded. I think I watched I, it again. It was, yeah. and I was just like, this is the worst. Um, it's, <laughs> I actually you... ended up watching Murder on the Orient Express again oh, yeah. shortly after that or shortly before we recorded. Who's to say? Because, because of the podcast, yeah. I re- I went on another podcast and talked about Murder on the Orient Express, and it was really interesting to hear what other people had to say about about it that aren't like steeped in. Yeah, I mm-hmm. uh, I mean certainly we're not like the most diehard Poirot people, but we have seen and consumed a lot of Poirot stuff. Yeah, this is true, and and to like the normies um they, <laughs> they uh it seems like they're more enjoyable films yeah um i think so because they like are modern movies as and as much as i love the bbc series is it's like setting a tone that was set in the 80s sure. you know mm-hmm. um but that means you've watched it at least three times because we did that live stream in 2020 yes that's right yep um but I do think this film really does, because that was the thing when watching Death on the Nile, I'm like, how bigger can he get than that movie? How bigger can he get? Yeah, how much, you know. <laughs> Death in the clouds, he, baby. You know. Oh my God. <laughs> the bee. The um, bee? <laughs> spoilers for Death in the Clouds. He's the in the bee. trap. <sighs> the bee. Um... But I like that his response was to go smaller, but they're saying that this is probably the last one because this return oh, wasn't great on box okay. office wise. And it was not sure. critically well received. We'll see. Are we, uh, have we been released? Yeah. <laughs> the I think Thrall. <laughs> no uh, more action Poirot. Yeah. No, as Al he's Moore. been deemed on Facebook groups. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, real Shout quick out. before we uh, wrap up. 
I did think that, you know, these opening shots of Venice in this film mm-hmm. uh, were quite striking, um, mostly because it's wild how New York City and Hoboken will be that in 20 years. <laughs> oh, gosh, you love to go know, out. You. <laughs> you're not wrong. Number one, you're not wrong. Number oh. two, a lo- I got news for you, Tyler a lot of places are going to be that in the next couple of years. I was in Auckland. But I don't live there. That's true. I landed, when I got to New Zealand, there was flooding in Auckland really badly the week before. One week off, the next week, a cyclone. It is crazy. There's going to be a lot of, yeah, it's getting out of hand. There's just going to be a bit of weather for the rest of our lives. It's fascinating. Anyway, um, and aren't you glad you came and listened to our comedy podcast? Oh, is, the, is this a, is that what we're doing? Is that a, yeah, I was going to say, is this a comedy podcast? Uh, it re- yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it's a, com- oh, okay. <laughs> Sarcasm, I'm capable of it. I know I'm such a good actor, Melissa. I know, yeah, no, it's true, it's true. <laughs> um, yes, so we don't know what we're doing next time. We don't. We'll, uh, but we're go- there will be a next time. Yeah. And it won't be two years from now. We'll see. So, don't count your chickens. <laughs> yeah, don't count your chickens. No, maybe, it... maybe Brenna will have heard this and go, well, I need to get them back one more time. <laughs> well, we have a couple of uh, seasons mm-hmm. of oh, television. It's a shame we didn't do this during the strike. Maybe we could have had him on. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because he couldn't have he come would not have been. He wouldn't have been able to talk about it. <laughs> he wouldn't have been able to talk about it. Yeah. That was the other thing. It's like, we wouldn't have been able to talk. I mean, I, I'm not Well, you that. might not have been able to. I would have. Fair enough. I'm I mean, not I'm in the not, union. I'm not in the union, but I want to be someday. And they were yeah. pretty, if you want to be the union, you got to abide by these rules during the strike. So um, anyhow. But we're back. Anyway. <laughs> uh, the yeah. strike is over and uh, we will see you next time. For now. The strike is over for now. They still have to vote on that thing. It's probably going to, I, I'm pretty, feeling pretty pessimistic about the deal. But anyway. Thank you for listening. <laughs> well, you're back at the table in three years. Yeah, three so. years. Back at the table in three years. Um, we should also mention other things we do. Oh, we yeah, sure. Okay. Oh, we have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash ADC pod. Yeah. Yes. Follow us on Instagram and I will revive that too at ADC pod. Clear. Um, yeah, I also have another podcast called Focus Testing, where I improvise uh, a plot of a film with a guest. It's very fun. You should go check it out if you happen to think I'm funny. I've had the privilege of having quite some very funny people on, including Tim Batt from Worst Idea of All Time, David Correos, who's another very funny New Zealand comedian, and um, Gabe Dunn, whose book we reviewed and is very funny himself. So check that out as well. Um, I'm sure there will be links to all of our socials in the description below. Sounds good. And with that, I now call this meeting of the Amateur Detective Club to a close. Gavel yeah, sound. <laughs> Perfect. No notes. <laughs>